When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Billy and Mikey A., as we sit here today, there is one team without a football coach. That is the Washington Commanders. No one wants to go there. Seattle has hired a head coach, Ben McDonald. It seems like no one wants the Washington job, and I'm including Bill Belichick. Mike Lombardi, who worked with Belichick, knows him very well. Three-time Super Bowl champion, former general manager, is going to join us here in just a second because he's written a book. He is setting records straight. If only Washington had an OC who was constantly trying to get a head coaching job. <laughs> it was interesting. The Lions offensive coordinator uh, was going to interview for that job, but pulled himself out of contention because he wants to finish the job with the Lions. I mean, that's crazy. That's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. That is well, no, so no, dumb. But people are speculating that he knew that he was not getting the job and therefore didn't want to put himself through the, the interview process. How do you play? That's smart. That's yeah. smart. You can't break up with me if I break up with you. Oh, it's so great. Uh, so Mike Lombardi is going to join us. And I was thinking because Lombardi is not his real last name. We know this because we discussed it with him the last time he was on with us. And he's great. 
So it's not his real last name. He chose the last name, Mike Lombardi, not Mike Lombardi. His first name is Mike. That's his real first name. He chose Lombardi, okay? And that last name comes with, like, it seems like a hassle to be called Lombardi because you're constantly asked, hey, are you related to Vince? Like, are you of the Lombardi family? And that seems like it would carry, I don't know, a lot of stress with it. And I'm wondering if you were to choose a last name, and Lord knows I've thought about it with the last name Wiener, what's the last name that you would choose that would kind of make sense for you, Billy? Is there a last name? Do you agree with me, first off, that Lombardi seems like a hassle? Uh, it seems like it ha- it's like uh, there's positives and negatives, right? Because it seems like you definitely have this expectation, right? But also there's the confusion factor that you can benefit from. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yes. oh, Lombardi. Like, right. I mean, just in speaking to you, you've often told me, if a Lombardi's available, you always book a Lombardi. So there you go. True. That's a great point. I also feel like if, I feel like if you're a Lombardi, uh, even if you're not related to Vince, you could show up to pretty much any football game and get right in, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if his name was Mike Johnson, it'd be weird for him to be hosting the Lombardi line. But if his name was Mike Johnson... <laughs> I wonder if you'd just be like, yes, automatically. He's a great guest. I think he was great oh, on this great. episode. Yeah. But, you know. He's great. I would also, so you're right. There's good and there's bad with this. And you have to pick and choose when you use it for the good. So, like, if I get pulled over at, by a cop and I show him my license, I tell him, as I'm handing him the license, yes, I'm related to Vince. <laughs> have you seen, like, the, uh, have you seen the famous, like meme out there and I don't even know if it was a true story or not but at the time like when he was a lot younger LeBron James Jr. said he didn't wear number 23 because he didn't want people to associate him with being LeBron James's son while being LeBron James Jr. (laughs) while being Bronny James yeah (laughs) it's kind of like that that seems like like Michael Jordan's kids, obviously, they don't have a choice in the matter, but Michael Jordan's kids, when you're playing basketball, it's like your dad's Michael Jordan, your last name's Jordan, and there's this expectation like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan's son is on. That, like, that's probably not great. No, no. Is uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's the name in basketball, right? You don't, want to, you don't want to be a Jordan. Yeah, but there are a lot of Jordans. There's not a lot of Lombardis, you know? And so people are going to automatically ask, are you related to Vince Lombardi? I could walk around with the yeah. name John Jordan, and no, one, no one's going to ask me if I'm related to Michael. Like, you know? Does that make sense? So it's a more common like, last name, you know? So you think, like, if there's another Belichick, not Steve, like, don't go into coaching? Yes, exactly right. Or don't choose that as a last name if you don't like what your last name is. I'm trying to think of basketball who would be like, hmm. Well, as Michael, I don't want a last name Jordan. They did a whole commercial on that where somebody's name was Michael Jordan, but it wasn't the real Michael Jordan. Right. And everybody Mm -hmm. was so upset when they met him because they thought they were going to meet Michael Jordan. I would hate that. Did you see on social media the footage of Jordan at the age of 60 just strolling onto a court playing pickup hoops with people? And, like, did you see how good he looks? It's unbelievable. It is unbe- He could score 20 a game right now. If I were the Knicks, I would sign him. I would. What, what age, Stugas, is you being someone who's slightly older than us, what age is it uh, that you see other people that are your age and you're like, holy crap, like, I, wow, what, did I, what have I done? 
What are the? Because it seems like that's like at sixty with Michael Jordan, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Like I'm in in my you know mid to late thirties. I'll see people and I'll be like, eh. Like pretty much everyone around me looks more or less the way that I look. I I feel like I'm average in terms of like physical fitness. So yeah, there's some people better, there's some people worse, but like I feel like I'm right in the middle. But like that curve is going to quickly fall off. Like I'm quickly going to go towards sure. the bottom of the average of what people my age look like. So what is the age where it really just falls off? Uh, like 50, 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. 45, 50, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, if you're asking me the guy I look at and I say, what have I done with myself? It's Tom Brady. Like the fact that that guy's like four years younger than me <laughs> drives me crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> like he looks great, Billy. <laughs> well, no, but it, I, I, Michael Jordan's a worse example because he's older than you and he looks, and he looks better, better than, than I do. Than yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but Tom Brady's a bad example because Tom Brady has spent his whole life like with the, with the sole goal of being like this at this age. And like that's, that's that's not fun. Okay, like, no, that's fair. So give me Jordan, somebody who lived and was like that. Okay, yeah. so Jordan's barely trying. Like you could see, there's a little belly with Michael Jordan. You could see mm -hmm. all that stuff. I know he plays a lot of golf. He likes to have fun. Michael Jordan likes to have fun. Okay, uh, but Jordan still looks better than I. At the age of sixty, he looks better than I do at the age of fifty, and it drives me crazy. So that's that's probably a good one. Is Tom Brady sports Rob Lowe? Wow! Wow! Billy, that might be the best question you've asked on this show. Build that out a little bit. Explain to the uh, to, to the audience who doesn't know who Rob Lowe is uh, why you're saying that. Well, that's sad. Well, if you don't know, <laughs> no, Rob Lowe, Mike, I don't know how, I'm, how I'm going to explain it to you, but okay. <laughs> you don't have to explain it to me, but there are people in our audience who have never heard of Rob Lowe. <laughs> well, go to Google.com, and you'll probably know who yeah. Rob Lowe is as soon as you see his face. But, like, Rob Lowe in Parks and Rec, uh, like played this Chris exaggerated, exactly who's like an exaggerated I believe version of actual Rob Lowe and if not he played the part so great that I just believe Rob Lowe's like that but he's like almost obsessed with like his youth and his fitness and he's like his goals to live to be 140 or something like that you know 150 what I mean? yeah yeah so is that Tom Brady like is he, but because I, I believe Rob Lowe's like that in real life like so is that what Tom Brady is yes yeah the sports I believe. version of that it's a great question mikey a is right and i believe tom brady uh is the rob lowe of the nfl yes <laughs> rob lowe you should see him in uh saint elmo's fire a movie from the 80s oh my god and rob here's lowe. the thing he looks the same today I mean, it's unbelievable i was actually gonna ask you rob lowe is is like the rare looks better now right yes yeah getting better with age yes and it's yeah. hard to look any better than he did in saint elmo's fire playing the guitar on a stage at a local bar in dc oh the life of you're looking it up right now. I am, I am. Emilio Estevez is in that movie. I think Demi Moore it's is in that movie. Cast. It's, it's a, a great cast. movie, Billy. You should watch it. I mean, Emilio Estevez. I, I man, I'm bummed. Yeah, I feel like he, I feel like there's. I feel like he could have had so much more. You know what I mean? I mean well, well, when you watch Saint Elmo's Fire, you'll be, you'll be even more bummed because how he did parlay that from that movie into into a yeah, as a springboard to launch his career is crazy. He's had a disappointing career. You're right. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to put it like that. Me too. But... The Mighty Ducks and straight down. <laughs> yeah, I just was that. Was it a possibility that like Emilio Estevez? He reached that. He obviously had like growing up the success, right? And he's Charlie Sheen's son, or, or Martin Sheen's son. Martin Sheen's son. Yeah, Charlie Sheen's brother. But he had like the young, like what, what was it called, like the Brat Pack or something like that? Is that what they yeah. were called? Like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was he, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So like he had that initial success, and then he had the Mighty Ducks was like a big success, right? And is it possible that the Mighty Ducks was too successful, and he was typecast as Gordon Bombay, and then he couldn't get out of that role hmm. because he did land at, like he's the one, and I've said it before, so like I'm sorry for repeating myself, but like. He's the one that got most screwed out of the Mission Impossible situation because he was in Mission Impossible 1 and immediately died because he was like on top of an elevator. Spoiler alert. He was on top of an elevator or whatever, and he got crushed on top of the elevator. And at the time, there's no way that they knew there were going to be like nine or ten Mission Impossibles, right? So because He could have been the Simon Pegg role. Exactly. Had you Uh known that, had you known there was going to be nine... There's no way you're signing up to be the person that gets killed within the first 20 minutes of the first one, right? No right. way. Yes. Meanwhile, well, Vin Rams is still hanging around. Right. Imagine, right. imagine if Emilio Estevez had not taken that role and had taken another, like the Simon Pegg role that you're saying in Mission Impossible. And here we are in 2024. And Emilio Estevez is still like knocking out all these great action movies. <laughs> What's think, the last movie Emilio Estevez made? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that he thinks about that? Let's see right here. Yes, I, of course he does. By the way, I'm just looking at St. Elmo's Fire right now. Demi Moore, Rob Lowe, he was Billy Hicks, Mikey A. Uh, Emilio Estevez, Andrew McCarthy, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy. What a cast. I mean, what a movie. Unbelievable. Billy, you got to see it. All right, so it, as an actor, he has – it says one upcoming project, but I don't see it. Oh, there was something called The Mighty Ducks Game Changers that he did in 2021. He was If that's his last movie, that Billy, you are right, he was typecasted. <laughs> yes. this, this, looks like, this looks like it was a Disney Plus TV show. Huh. I, think, I think that he, uh, he has switched over to the whole – directing and production realm well no he doesn't really have anything there let's no, see he's just here. a mighty duck i mean there's this, this one stuff there's this one thing called guns three alias billy the kid so he plays billy the kid in something called guns three that's upcoming where he's a producer a director and an actor but there's no is uh, it young guns three is that what it is no oh young guns that's right i forgot about that by the way uh billy the kid is what they call billy hicks rob lowe's character in saint elmo's fire <laughs> billy you gotta see it billy the kid he's on it listen he plays in a rock band. They play at a local bar in Washington. He does cocaine. He's wearing a Batman uh, tank top. It's He's just jamming out on the guitar. He's got a bandana on at Demi Moore. Oh, God. What a movie. Okay, so Guns 3 is the third installment of the Young Guns film franchise. Yes. They're not young anymore, so they took the, the, the old guns. Out. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the Young Guns franchise is. What is that? I don't know. Well, I mean, Chris Young is, Guns was good. The first Young movie. Guns, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, yeah, he's wow. in. He's in, yeah. he's in. He's in. Guns Three as is Christian Slater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Are you going to watch St. Elmo's, Billy? I'm, I'm. I'm begging you to do it. I will not be doing that. Let me see where it's even streaming. I'm definitely watch not it on the flight. It. Watch it on the flight. Yes, and report back to us. 1985. That's a. That's an ask. It's good year. Here. That's an ask. <laughs> is that when you were born, Mikey? It, it is. Is it? Huh. It is. Let's see. So uh, I'm looking here. The Brat Pack, by the way, the members of the Brat Pack Molly were Emilio Rebold. Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, uh, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. So basically most of St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But they had like, like three or four of those movies together, huh? 
I mean, the Breakfast Club. You know, they they dominated Pretty Hollywood pink, at the time. Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Which was the one? Which was the one that was the end of their run? Like, what was the movie that ended them? Let's see. It may have been. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a great question. I don't know. There's there's a movie that was the last one that probably didn't work out, and that's why that was the end of that, right? Like they all did together. You're saying? Yeah, there has to have been a final one. Okay, here we go. The, okay, so Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy is what you said. And then I have there are others, the, by the way. The, like I'm, I'm reading it now. There are others, like James Spader, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Jr. Mm. Later had membership into the Brat Pack. Eh, but that's yeah. like nah, not the originals. Yeah, exactly. That's not. That's like you know. That's basically uh, what's his name. That's. Uh, the guy that you like that sings with the dead, John Mayer. That's John Mayer to the dead. You know what I mean? Like you're not part of you're part of Dead and Company, but not the Grateful Dead. Johnny you know come lately. Exactly right. <laughs> Literally. Leave him alone. It looks They're like back, uh, by the way, this fear in Vegas. Billy, we're going to the Super Bowl next week in Vegas, and I'm telling you, Dead and Company is going to the Sphere in Vegas, and I might never return. I'm just, yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway. So there there's oh wow. So here there's close contributors, Matt Dillon. Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is not. Ralph Macchio. Get out of here. John yeah. Cusack. Yeah. John Cryer. I thought John Cryer was more involved. So this started with The Outsiders, a great movie that Billy should also go watch. Uh, I think it's back in 1983. Okay. That's yeah. where the Brat Pack got their start. And then you're but right. Billy, only... I'm looking at it. Right, 16 Candles was a great shout out by Mikey A there. <laughs> the, the real Brat Pack movies, though, are The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire because all these other movies and have pretty like. Pretty Pink. Uh, pretty and Pink only had. No, Pretty and Pink only had Andrew McCarthy. You're right. And Molly Ringwald. They're, they're, most of these movies have like two or three of them. So they like lump it in with the Brat Pack, but then they have two or three of them and then like a contributor, like a John Cusack or whatever, right? But yes. then when you look at The Breakfast Club, that has one, two, three, four, five of them. It has Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. And then the. St. Elmo's Fire was the all-star game of the Brat Pack. It was, that, yes, yes. That had everybody but. Yes. Yeah. That had yeah. everybody but Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone else, everyone else was in that one. And then we, you know, keep going. So they had a run from 1983. Then we get to 1990. And in 1990, it's really all fallen apart. And we get to Betsy's Wedding. And uh, Molly Ringwald plays Betsy, and she's only joined by Ali Sheedy, who plays Connie. So once yes. we got to Betsy's wedding, it really fell apart. I feel like once it got to St. Elmo's Fire, it really fell apart. I mean, well, that's... it went downhill. It went downhill from yes. there. So St. Elmo's right. Fire, then you had Pretty in Pink. You could still say, okay, Pretty in Pink, even though there weren't many of them in that. Pretty in Pink really only had Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald, as we talked about. Then Blue City came out, and that was just a Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy situation. Then About Last Night came out, and that was just Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. Oh, then, they had a lot of sex. Oh, that's what that's what happened last night. Yes, <laughs> and every <Okay>. night. <laughs> oh, okay. John Belushi was in that movie. <laughs> really? He was, he, was. was he involved in, in any of this? You know, he was Rob Lowe's friend who can't stop playing softball and drinking beers and never grows up and still goes to the same Irish pub and doesn't want Rob Lowe to get with Demi Moore because he wants his best friend, you know? <laughs> Let me ask you something. And this is a weird transition. If you did a movie naked, 
right? Like if you were naked in a movie, right? Would you, uh, if you watched it back, would you watch back like, oh my god, look how great I looked, or would you watch it back and be like, oh my god, I look horrible now? Um, I mean. I watched back me dressed up as Larry Bird waving a towel around in our studio this past week. <laughs> I could barely get through that. You think I can get but through that? Sex? Not, no, that was not peak. I'm saying if you if right. you go oh, in my prime. You, yeah, in your prime. Like let's say you were I don't know, an Yesterday. actor. Yeah, let's say you were an actor between the ages of I don't know, like 24 and 34 or something, right? And you're like naked. Right on, on like film on camera. You're essentially asking, do you think Rob Lowe goes back and watches the sex scenes with Demi Moore? I'm no, I'm not asking that, but no, I'm saying if, uh, if you do, if you do go back, and again, you were like young and in like great shape or whatever, and then you go back at like 55 or whatever, right? And you watch it, and you're like, oh, like do you watch it back with pride? Like, oh my god, I looked great, or you're like, oh wow, I oh I've fallen off. Wow. Um. There's no chance I watch it and say to myself, wow, I look great. So, no, but yeah. you're, you're missing the point. It's not you. It's like when you looked your best is really the question, not your present form. Right. No, no, no. I understand. We're but all I'm in no the form now. No, 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 Billy. But if I look back if, and be like, oh, I'm in terrible shape now. Right. There's I'm no way you to... watch it and feel better about yourself. No, there is no way. But I'm telling you, you my 50, you could be my proud, 50 like, year old you know. self watching my 25 year old self. And that's my peak right there. Having sex. I'd be disgusted with myself. It doesn't matter how old I was and what kind of present shape day present yeah. day. You'd be disgusted with yourself. If I today, at the age of 50, were to watch myself having sex with someone at the age of 25, I would throw up all over the place. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Because you think Self. that you at 20... I think that we're missing the point of the question. No. Okay. You're asking me, how do people... Would people watch themselves in their prime having sex, thinking they look good, thinking they look bad? Would they be okay? Is, isn't that what you're asking? Like, if you're an actor, not, like, graphic stuff. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, okay. you know... Yeah, I think Rob Lowe looks back there's, at him. You look at yeah. like there's there's my butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you look no. back, you see your butt, and you're like, oh wow, no. like I had no. a good looking butt back then. No, no, no. really, no. Mikey yeah. A is shaking his head. No, no, no. But Rob Lowe does. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Rob, Lowe, right. well, Rob Lowe still looks like Rob Lowe though. Okay, yeah. let's 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 rewind one. Okay, let me re-ask this one more time okay. to see if I can get it the right way. Thank you, Emilio Estevez. Yes, if Emilio Estevez looks back. Yes. At one of his movies, let's say, uh, I don't know. Mighty he... No, no. Oh, you're you're just making this all pornography. That's not what this is. Uh, porny. Let's say, oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> let's say The Outsiders, right? Hold on a second. Let me see how okay, The Outsiders was. Hold on. Let me just make sure. The Outsiders is a gang movie. I mean. <laughs> so nineteen. it came out in 1983. He was 21 years old. Yes. Let's... Uh, Let's, for the sake of not being creepy, say uh, St. Elmo's Fire, which is 1985. He's 23 years old or something, right? right. So Milo Estevez, let's say for whatever, I haven't seen the movie, but let's say he's in a state of uh, unclothed, yes. which I know is not, a, which Mikey, by the way, how's that coming along? We'll get back to it. We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> he's getting to it. <laughs> Mikey has I can't to, wait Mikey to peak. I know. Mike, he has to do a calendar, a calendar. Shoot for those of you who don't know. Yes. So, so anyways, Emilio Estevez. Let's say he, he's in St. Elmo's Fire and his butt comes out, right? Like, and there, There's my yeah. butt. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. And now Emilio Estevez is 61 or however old he is, right? Yes. Do you think he looks back at himself when he was 23 and he's like, man, I'm glad I had a good butt back then. Yes. Or do you think he looks at, at himself and he's like, my butt looks horrible now. Like, no, oh, I think God, he looks I'm back depressed. at himself. Yeah, no, I think he looks at the age of 61. He looks back at himself and says, man, I had a great ass. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, right. I, sometimes I look back at myself and I'm like, you know, it's not pictures of my butt, but like I see myself when I was like 22 years old and I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't horribly ugly. <laughs> And what I'm telling you is it doesn't matter what age you go to, okay? For me, find a picture of any age, and what I'm telling you is I don't look good, okay? Oh. <laughs> at least I don't butt. think so. Right? You never had a My, good butt. I don't have a butt. I mean, oh. It's very flat. It's a good intro for Mike Lombardi, I got to tell you. About that. <laughs> we never chose a last name. That's all I was trying to do. <laughs> and now I'm talking Estevez. about Emilio Estevez's ass. <laughs> Stupidity. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks, gather around. Everyone gather around, listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me, you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Mike, do you have advice for Stugatz? Because Stugatz is working on his own personal record book that he's going out, and as someone who's set the record straight yourself, do you have any tips for him yeah. as he goes on yeah, this journey? I, I think that the, the tip is is to to say what you think and back it up with information, and then let them all come after you. 
You so know, I say what I think, Mike. I just don't back it up with any information. That's that's that, the that, issue. That, yeah, that's what I'm issue. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. But right. look, it works out for some people. I mean, there's a lot of people on Twitter that have no information that think they know all the answers. So, you know, you'll be in the basement eating meatloaf. It's no problem. Yeah, but I think I'm the only person where it's worked out this well. Okay, like this is this is really like having no information is working out swimmingly for me. You know, uh, I don't think so. There's a lot of people in the NFL that have fallen forward. <laughs> I, if you want me to, now that 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 book I didn't write that book yet. I mean, that would be the book, the How to Fall Forward Most Successfully. Walsh had this great, great. He wrote about it in in, in Paul Zimmerman's book, The Thinking Man's Guide to Football. Uh, he talked about it all the time. He talked about, well, the owner doesn't really know a whole lot, and he listens to the president. The president listens to the general manager, and they all sit around drink martinis. They do all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, they're telling you the coach isn't any good, so they fire the coach, they hire a new coach, and the whole thing goes over again. It's the NFL. <laughs> it is the let's NFL. go. Let's go through that list of the people who failed forward, Mike. <laughs> who do we have on that list? Just yeah, out well, of curiosity. We yeah, we got a lot of them. Well, you don't, Besides you know me, what? Billy, you of course. You don't, right. you don't have, Billy, you don't have to take – you can just look at the one-loss records. Just oh. go to that. Ask yourself that question. Who's like – who's in mediocrity for a long time but's never lost their job? You come up with the list. You don't have to be. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to come up with that list, huh? Billy, What's you mediocrity. Want to some, yeah, what do you define? Oh. That's a great question. How do you define that? Uh, in the NFL, it's pretty easy. I mean, you know, team below five hundred. I mean, like, okay, do we think the Cowboys are successful? They're they're a fifty four percent winning percentage team since their last Super Bowl. Yeah, I would say they're they're not riddled with mediocrity, but they're not riddled with ultimate success. True. Uh, you could say the same about Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, though, right? Well, but Tomlin hasn't had a losing record. He's above 500. I mean, Harbaugh and Tomlin are exactly the same in the numbers. Harbaugh doesn't catch any heat. He's 3-6 and six in the playoffs, and same as Tomlin. I mean, it all depends on what the narrative is. It all depends on, you know, are you willing to, you know, are you been nice to the media? If you're nice to the media, then they won't say a word. You could be like Ron Rivera and have three winning seasons after 13 years, and nobody thinks you should get fired. No? <laughs> there it is, Billy. You wanted a name, There's he gave you a name. There's the name. <laughs> uh, Mike Lombardi is with us. He has a new book out, Football Done Right. Why'd you write this book, Mike? To set the record straight? Well, no. I, I Really, I, I'm trying to honor some of the things that have happened in this league before. Like, like, like Let's take an example for a second. We saw 30,000 people go to Ford Field, okay, this past weekend. 30,000 people left their houses went and sat in uncomfortable seats, paid $20 for a beer to be around other Lions fans. Now, that just didn't happen because Dan Campbell came on the scene. That just didn't happen because Brad Holmes came. That happened because there's great history in the Detroit Lions. And Fox did nothing to explain the history to us. Like, there is a guy who's going to go in the Hall of Fame named Buddy Parker, who invented nickel defense, who invented the two-minute defense, who invented a lot of situational football. If you go to Alabama's practice when Nick Saban was the coach or New England when Bill Belichick was the coach and they called for their nickel defense, there was a position called the star, the inside slot corner. That star came from Buddy Parker. And yet we never mentioned Buddy Parker. So this book really is my attempt on a very small voice that I have to try to highlight some of the greatness that has happened in this league in the past that we have no sense of urgency to acknowledge. And we had the perfect opportunity to do it on Sunday when Fox was there and we flashed all those people. We could have explained to the 55 million people who watched that game why their Pat Lion fans are so passionate. 
because of their history. And we never choose to do that. We always ignore the past as if it's just going to go away. And I think it was just so many opportunities that have gone. And so this book is my attempt to do that. Uh, very interesting. We'll ask you more about it in a second. But, Mike, you have been around the NFL forever. All right. You're a three-time Super Bowl champion. You're a former general manager. Uh, if I told you, I don't know, 10 years ago, there would be a Super Bowl one day being played in Las Vegas, you would have told me what? I would have told you what Al Davis told me is that, that there's going to be a place here. He would always go to Las Vegas for one of his five-year birthdays, whether he turned 70, 75, or 80. He loved Vegas. You know, he loved to go there. He loved the shows. But he he saw it as a place that could could have football because he didn't see, you know, his best friend was Jimmy the Greek. He didn't see gambling as the behind-the-scenes, oh, my God, it's this filthy profession. He saw it as people like the stock market that, you know, you're betting on things and you're basically playing the odds. So, yeah, 10 years ago I would have said that because of him only because of Al. And look, let's face it. The reason we have all these people watching the game today is because they have money on the game. Right. Fair. Yeah. And Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. And, and she brings a whole other element to it, which right. is great. A great right. element. Yes. Right. I mean, we now, I mean, the players are all benefiting from this because this has now become worldwide. Yeah. I mean, this has become this. She's not just a, an American star. She's a worldwide megastar. And so you now you're bringing people in from everywhere that that didn't know much about football that now start to love it. Mike, I know you have a great relationship with Bill Belichick. So I know when I ask you about Belichick, your your response is going to be an informed one. Uh, so I will ask you this simply, what is going on with Bill Belichick? Well, I think what's going on with Bill Belichick is people are scared to hire him. I think people are what we call George Young, the former general manager of the New York Giants, had this line. He said, people guard their desk in the NFL. They want to guard their desk. I mean, here's the, here you are, the Washington football team. You have a horrible stadium. You haven't had a winning team in a long time. You've had a horrendous culture. And you don't even choose to interview the coach. You're going to change your culture with some young coach who's never coached before. And then you're going to go out there and tell everybody, Stugatz, that we're trying to win, that we're committed to excellence. We're going to win. And you don't even right. interview Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick. So I think a lot of people are scared. They feel like Bill must be power hungry. When in reality, Bill's culture hungry. Bill wants the ability to build his culture. And they think he's too old because they've never spent any time around him. If you spend a day with him, you don't think he's too old because he'll outwork pretty much everybody. Right. How important is it to Bill that he, that he catches Don Shula here? I, I don't think that, you know – uh, I would say in 2014, I read a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And I called Holiday. I didn't know him at all. I called him on the phone. I tracked down his email and I said to him, I said, you just wrote the best book on Bill Belichick. And the book's really about Marcus Aurelius because Ryan is from that stoic. He has the daily stoic every day. And he said, I, I didn't really. I said, well, Aurelius and Belichick are very similar. They only live in the moment. Belichick will work as if he's going to work next year, but he'll work this year as if he's still working. So I don't think – I think it's about the work. I really do. I don't think it's about the record. People will say you're crazy. No, I think he loves the work. I think he – it would be like saying to Picasso, you can't paint anymore. Right. Like Picasso loved the paint. Like, you know, and so, like, I think it's about the work. Do you think he's going to struggle, like, if he has to take a year off, like finding something to occupy his time with? No, I think – no, I know he won't because I think he'll, he already has five projects that he's going to work on. Like he's already probably has 400 players written up from the draft going into this draft. He's been working on it all year. 
So he writes up every single player. So he's just going to keep watching tape. He's going to keep studying it, and he's going to keep growing. Look, here's the question I have for you guys. You bring Bill, Adam Peters, who's now the general manager of the Washington football team. Is he really qualified to interview Bill Belichick? Who knows more football? Bill. That there's your answer. Why he's yeah. why he's not getting a job? People so are Mike, intimidated is it po- by it. Mike, is it possible that Bill doesn't like any of these jobs and is waiting for the right job to come open, whatever that job no. might be? I think Bill would be. I think Bill knows he can make any job the right job. Look, when yeah. he went to New England, it wasn't the right job. People sure. said when he went to New England, you know, Bobby, he, you know, they had Bobby Greer in the running the personnel department. That was the guy that Parcell said was doing all the grocery shopping, you know, and so and he wanted to have a cook a meal. I think Bill knows one thing about Bill that I've been around that Bill understands whatever assets he has, he's got to figure out a way to win. Now, last year, without a quarterback, it was a really challenge. Uh, do you think Andy Reid, is there any chance he wins the Super Bowl, even if he doesn't win? Do you think at the age of 65, there is any chance that Andy Reid steps down after this season? I don't see that because Andy Reid, he's gone through a lot of personal tragedies in his life. The death of his son, his son having that car accident before the one Super Bowl. I don't see, I think Andy, like Bill, loves the work. I think Andy loves the work. I think Andy's invigorated by the work. I don't think Andy has an obby other than doing State Farm commercials. I don't know of one. He's not a golfer. You know, I don't know what he's going to – what would he do? I don't know. You know, where it's like Nick Saban, having been with Nick in Cleveland together when we were all there, Nick had hobbies. Nick would play golf. Nick loved the stock market. Nick's got five car dealerships. He's got a hotel in the Tuscaloosa. Like, Nick has a lot of things outside of football that he can get himself involved in. Bill and, and guys like Bill and Andy, that they're all just they're football lifers. Well, I think that's why Billy asked you that question, because Belichick, he's got a dog. He visits the Naval Academy. I mean, and he gets ready for a draft. That's all he does. I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, I, but he's going to do the same thing. He's not right. going to change, right. he, even though he's not going to be involved. Here's what happens to you when you're out of the NFL. If you don't study the draft, when you come back in the NFL, you're a year behind. Interesting. And he doesn't want to be a year behind. Hmm. So he's going to be working as though he was a head coach while not being a head coach. He's going to do what he does all the time. Sure he yes. is. Yeah, because Billy, he's he knows he's going to be a head coach again yeah, at some point. I mean, I mean, at some point, somebody's going to call him. At some point, somebody's going to be, you know, Springsteen has this great line. Sometimes I can't tell my courage from my desperation. Some team's going to have, have to be desperate. You know, that right now they might not have the courage to call him, but some team's going to be desperate. Oh, it's going to be the 0-3 Jets, Mikey A. <laughs> well, I mean, did you – you know, like, there's a perfect example. I don't know if he would work there. I see your logo in the back there. takes a lot of guts to put that there. You know what I always say about Jet fans? The the greatest thing – Jet fans are like with a great line Dean Martin had about people that didn't drink. Dean Martin used to say, when people that didn't drink woke up, that's the best they're going to feel all day. Jet fans, when they wake up on Sunday, that's the best they're going to feel all day. That's what I say. But – how did you win they the offseason? Oh, you're going to win it. Yeah. How are they? How did they keep a coach with a 33% winning percentage? And if you read that article in the Athletic and the paranoia that's in the building, like, are you committed to excellence there, or are you just committed to Aaron Rodgers? No, yeah, we're committed to Aaron Rodgers. We have no other choice. I mean, excellence. What are you out of your mind? <laughs> so there's another one, Billy. Give you another name. Robert Salas still has a job. There's another mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how are oh, you I guys defend him? You defend him. How, I don't how defend him. No, I would take Belichick in a heartbeat. Tell, he's tell me, but, how would you not do that? How would you? He's not got sit a great beard. Say, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, and he runs the steps before the game. So that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, you know why he's there? Because Aaron wants him there, and that's it. That's the reason. I mean, 
I would think Aaron would, you know, if winning's important, then you would make the call. But don't tell me winning's important and you don't make the call. Uh, what do you make? That's it's a great point. What do you make of Jerry Jones' comments, the way he's treating Mike McCarthy? It seems like he wants to get rid of McCarthy. It seems like maybe Dak's not going uh, to get an extension after the season. What do you make of how Jerry is running the Cowboys here? Well, I think Jerry, like a lot of 83 year old people, don't want to change, right? I yep. mean, it's hard. You know, I got a 97 year old father. You can't get him to do nothing. He's going to do the same thing every day. So, change is hard for older people and i think jerry's comfortable with his organizational structure and in fairness i think jerry knows that the national media has misevaluated his team everybody says mccarthy underachieved with the team i think mccarthy overachieved with the team i don't think they're that talented i think their offensive line has severe issues when they go on the road they have a hard time blocking people I don't think their defensive front nor their defense was as good against anybody. Seattle went up and down the field on them. They lost their best corner. They lost one of their linebackers. You know, Lawrence and Parsons are good players, but tell me who else? They're playing Jonathan Hankins, who got cut by the Raiders. So I think there's a misconception that they're this talented team. Pollard wasn't the same player this year that he was last year. It's not even close. It's not even close. So I think they under, I think they overachieved, actually. And I think Jerry saw that, too. Like, you can say get rid of Mike. That's great. But who are you going to hire? And, and now i got to change how I operate. And I just kind of want to see if I can think I can turn this around. And Dak had his best year. You know, how all offseason everybody said when they lost the great Kellen Moore that this whole thing would collapse. There would be no offensive football in Dallas and that McCarthy was the worst play caller in the history of football. They got better. They got better. Hmm. All right. We haven't seen – nobody said that. They got better. Right. No, it's a fair point. Uh, who, Mike, has the best organization, to, in your opinion, top to bottom, owner on down? Who has the best organization in the NFL? Well, I think you're seeing the two teams that do because, you know, for all the talk that you can't give the coach control of the team, the two teams in the Super Bowl, the coach just control everything. Like, I know John Lynch is the general manager of the, of the 49ers, but he works for Kyle. Remember, Kyle hired him. He works for Kyle. Read Kyle's contract. He has complete say over everything. And then in Andy Reid's, the same thing. Brett Beach works for Kyle, works for Andy. And I think, to me, that's the structure that works the best, right? It doesn't mean that the head coach is making every player personnel decision or doesn't listen to people. It's the team runs through the head coach. And so I think their organizations are still two of the top. I think, it, you know, when you look at the teams that have been successful over the last five years, they're all the same type of teams. You know, Detroit, he's given them a culture, right? Now they've had to handle success. We'll see where that goes. You know, I think that the Philadelphia has been very good because they've been very good at helping the head coach. So, you know, Seattle, I think now with Mike McDonald, I think John with John Schneider there, I think that's a good organization. They'll fix it there. I think they'll turn it around. And then, of course, you got to give the Rams credit for what they did this year because yeah. that wasn't a talented team. How about Baltimore? They have to be in that conversation, right? Yeah. They do, yeah. Because I think Baltimore's another team that, that overachieved. I mean, when you when your two best players on defense are Kyle Van Noy and Javion Clowney, who you picked up off the street in August and September, what does that really tell you about your talent level? Yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, again, football done right. His new book is out. Mike Lombardi, three-time Super Bowl champion with us, a former general manager. Uh, if Mahomes wins this one, uh, this is a different one, okay? He was expected to win the first two. This one, a lot of people doubted whether or not they would even be in this game. If he wins this one, going through Lamar at Baltimore, Josh Allen at Buffalo, do we start having the Mahomes-Brady conversation? 
You know, I, I think like Brady, every Super Bowl was won differently. I know people find it hard to believe, but Brady's first Super Bowl, they ran for 142 yards. They threw for 143. This Super Bowl is really different. This Super Bowl run is different. And when you break it down, the last four games of the Chiefs offense, they've had 49 drives in those four games. Okay, they've had four, the 40 drives, excuse me. They've had 18 scoring drives. They've had, they've had 16 drives of over seven plays. They don't make explosive plays. They matriculate the ball down the field. They've run it 112 times. They've thrown it 130. They've won with their managing the offense and playing great defense. And even though everybody said leaving Baltimore, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes when he's an underdog. Patrick Mahomes played well in the game. They won the game because of their defense. Yeah. They won, and they're winning because of their defense. And Mahomes has not turned it over. So I think this is another example of Mahomes being selfless and burying his ego and helping the team. Do you think he wins a third here? Uh, I think it'll be a challenge. I really do because the, the Niners are sitting here and haven't played. Their best part of their team is their defensive line, and they've played two of the worst games. Right. And they're still here. Yeah, And they're still here. If that defensive line plays like it did against Green Bay and Detroit, and Detroit, then Mahomes will win his third. But if they put pressure on him inside and put pressure on him, they can't spot drop. Look, Mahomes is now throwing the ball. They're, they're, they, they take seven plays to score. They'll kick field goals. They're, they're methodical in what they do. I think it's hard, but the Niners have enough talent to do it. Just to go back to Belichick for a second, because you know him. And so if you factored in everything, if I told you every job, he could have any job in the NFL, okay, to finish off his career. And you factor in geography, and you factor in quarterback, and you factor in best chance to win. I know you said he thinks he can make any job work, and I probably agree with you on that. But what would he choose if he could choose any of the jobs? Well, I think, you know, he's got a special fondness for the Giants. He's obviously been there before. I think he and John Mara have a great relationship. I think he has great pride in what they've accomplished there. Uh, You know, is that the best situation? I don't know. But you're talking about, you know, Bill's a big believer in the history of the game. Part of the reason why I wrote the book, you know, I've worked for people that have been obsessed with the history of the game. You know, when we got ready to play Detroit, Belichick was showing clips of the Detroit Lions playing in Tiger Stadium to the players. You know, he was educating them on the history of the Lions. And so I've been around people like that my whole career. So I think a a, a franchise like the Atlanta Falcons would be hard for me to see him be the head coach because they have really no history. They probably don't deserve a history, you know, because they really make horrible decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is, is is those franchises like Washington is a sacred franchise. We're a better league when Washington's a better team. We really are. Yeah. Kind of like the Knicks in the NBA. Uh, on the way out here, how often do you find yourself uh, having to explain to people that you're not related at all to Vince Lombardi? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much all the time, but I always yeah. tell people this. I said, look, my last name's really Smith. I just changed it to Lombardi to take advantage of it, you know? <laughs> but this nose, this nose kind of gives me away that I'm Italian. <laughs> do you like, is it like preemptive now? Like you had someone your license, you're like, I'm not related to Vince, you know? Yeah, no, I think everybody knows by now, you know, I'm not related. I think, I think I've been loud enough on my show and I've been ripped enough on Twitter to know I'm not. Football done right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. He is Mike Lombardi. On the way out here, please again tell us about this book. This is fascinating. I like that you, an insider, is setting the record straight, not afraid to call people out. I love it. 
Well, I, I mean, like Sterling Sharp's not in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous, right? Even Shannon, his brother, says he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I have him in my top 100 players. I think players often get overlooked. I think coaches get overlooked. Do you realize there's been 530 guys that have called themselves head coaches? Only eight of them have won 200 games, and Marty Schottenheimer can't get in the Hall of Fame. Crazy. And he's one of the eight who's won 200 games. Crazy. Because the people voting, don't think it's, they think it's easy to win regular season games. I'll ask our jet man over here, how hard is it to win regular season games, okay? It's hard, right? It's hard. You win 200 of them, and you're one of eight. Yeah. You, should, you belong in the Hall of Fame. So the book's about trying to set the record straight on people that I feel like haven't gotten enough respect by what they brought to the game. Mark Shaughnessy developing the quarterback position. Marty Schottenheimer winning 200 games. Sterling Sharp, a really good player. Uh, that's kind of my feel of it. And two players in the media, two people in the media that have done more for the sport than most people. Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell. We would not have the love of Monday Night Football if it wasn't for Howard and the great Brent Musburger. Unbelievable. Those two are not in the Hall of Fame. Seriously. Like that's that's yeah. insane to me, right? Yeah, if you read my book, I mean, I live in this little beach town. It's seven miles long, one mile wide. We had three bowling alleys. There's only ten ten thousand people that live in this island when I grew up. We had three bowling alleys when I was a kid. Bowling in the nineteen seventy one was the biggest thing you did on Monday night. Everybody had a bowling bag, everyone out bowling. Even, you know, uh, Howard Cunningham on Happy Days, he was going bowling all the time, right? You know, and then what happened? Monday Night Football comes around and bowling leagues collapse all over. We don't have a bowling alley anymore in this town. Like, it just did away with it because people stayed home to watch Monday Night. They stayed home to listen to Cosell. Right. They wanted to hear what he said. And some people hated him and they wanted to listen. And some people loved him and wanted to listen. Yep, no doubt. Uh, if Lombardi takes us to the bowling alley right now, what are you bowling? Mm. Oh, me? I, I, I'm married a Polish, half Polish, half Italian girl. She would probably bowl 200. I would bowl 100. Real? Wow. I, mean, really? I never bowl. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she'd mop the floor with you, Lombardi, huh? She'd kill me. Oh, she'd kick my ass. It'd be embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Go check out the book. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold. Football done right. Uh, setting the record straight on the players, on the coaches, the players, and the history of the NFL. He is Mike Lombardi, a three-time Super Bowl champion, a friend. Mike, we appreciate it. We will see you next week in Las Vegas, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That was really enjoyable. Uh, here's one of the things I was thinking as Mike Lombardi was on the Zoom with us, Billy. That man is 64 years old. Holy shit, does he look good. Yeah. yeah. Do you think a 64-year-old, do you guys think this? A 64-year-old Mike Lombardi looks back at a 22-year-old Mike Lombardi and says, I had a great ass. Oh, you should have asked. You should have asked him that. <laughs> Why didn't we? Rob Lowe's 59. What? Stuke out here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. 
When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 